Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and today we've got a couple of stories. So, uh, it's some weird stuff. One's a follow-up, actually, to a story I did last year, uh, which actually is interesting because I got emailed by the company that I did the story about to hear about the follow-up. So that was really neat, uh, just to know that they saw the video and probably didn't like my take on it, and, uh, and so they want me to, you know cover that which I'm actually okay with when I make a mistake I'm always going to admit that I was wrong or if I have a take and new information comes out I will process that information and we will move on uh, but I do with I do what I can with what I've got you know what I'm saying uh, and then we're going to talk about another issue of a big website and we're talking IGN here so these are these are no clowns these are no clowns IGN has been caught plagiarizing a smaller YouTuber's review of the game dead cells i i can't even on any plan understand how this is possible but we're going to listen to that and uh and we're going to go over all that stuff so to begin what we're going to talk about first is i can't believe i'm saying this i can't believe i'm saying it but once again we have a big website stealing content from a small web, uh, from a small YouTuber. Uh, so we have, let's see. Um, so we have IGN, IGN, one of the biggest game review sites out there, news journalist sites, whatever you want to call them. And they have a, uh, a Nintendo. Let's see, let's get to him over here. So they have Philip Muchin. He is, he is, uh, according to his Twitter bio, Nintendo editor at IGN and host of the NVC podcast. I also make YouTube videos about all things good. He's from San Francisco and IGN. Okay. So he did a Dead Cells review that came out a couple days ago. And this is actually a game that I had uh, I had done a first 30 on last year when it was in early access. And it's an incredible game. It's just awesome. So it, rightfully so, it's exploding right now. And it's getting a lot of press, a lot of people doing stuff on it. And so then we've got Boomstick Gaming, who has about 15,000 subscribers, which, by the way, boom, I'll subscribe to it, and you all should too. Let's uh, support the local guys who are doing the good content. So good, in fact, that it must be ripped off by IGN. And so, again, I saw it on Reddit. You know, people started just sharing that he's, he's like, hey, man, review... IGN stole my review, like like word for word almost. And so normally when I do these videos, I talk about it, and I go through all the stuff, and then the first thing people start saying is, well, no proof, dude, you're full of it. You know, you're full of crap. You're not, you're not, whatever. You don't have any proof. It's, it's all BS. I'm like, okay, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to listen and we're going to watch the videos right here on this video. And we're just going to, uh, you know, and you can, uh, you can make up uh, your decision for yourself. Uh, I don't care either way if you believe it, but this seems incredibly blatant to me. So here we go. This is, uh, what was it? Philip Muchin, 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 sorry if I got your name wrong. I apologize. Uh, Philip Philip, we're just going to start calling him Philip. <laughs> so Philip from IGN, their Nintendo reviewer, and a side-by-side comparison. Now, in this uh, side-by-side, you're going to hear Boomstick Gaming kind of explaining everything first. He's got the voice that's a little less radio-friendly, right? So he's got the voice that's a little more, you know, it's still, uh, you know, what I want to say, like, it's he's still learning, you know, he's still getting his feet. He doesn't have, like, this you know, booming presence yet. He's actually does a very good voiceover too. And, and boomstick, if you do hear this by some chance, I'm certainly not dogging on you, man. Um, but you can tell that like, you're still, you know, honing your craft, getting your voice. And then you can tell in the dead cells review, it has that very like, ah, <laughs> you know, like that very over the top 
games journalism voiceover. So, uh, so Boomstick Gaming sounds more like a real person would talk to you, and Dead Cells Review by Philip sounds more like something you'd see on a BuzzFeed video or something. So anyway, uh, here we go, and you'll kind of hear him because he's actually got this video side by side. He's the one doing the video. So I'm going to comment and pause here and there. For the most part, I want the video to speak on its own. So here we go. Stick Gaming, we have a slightly weird issue today. I put out my Dead Cells review last week, and then IGN put out their uh, written and video review today, and it turns out the, uh, the gentleman there at IGN seems to have watched my video and copied a lot of it. So I'm not sure what to do about this. Let's just uh, walk through it, and I'll show you what I mean. First off, this is uh, the Boomstick Gaming, that's myself. Let's go ahead and start. Dead Cells takes the progression of a Metroidvania and integrates it into this procedurally generated action roguelite that has you slowly chipping away at its steep difficulty. It takes the progression system of a Metroidvania and transforms it into a procedurally generated action roguelite. Okay, not that not that similar, some similarities. Let's uh let's proceed. So I'm, I'm going to agree with uh, Boomstick Gaming on this one a little bit. Like it, it certainly was, but a lot of those, again, are buzzwords. And, and I'm not going to give someone a hard time. If you do a review on a game and you, and you use words like roguelite, metroidvania, even though I hate that term, um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, you use words like it's procedurally generated, side-scrolling, like those are the words to describe it. So those are going to cross over, you know. So he, he even he acknowledges that. In Dead Cells, you'll need to kill your way through a labyrinth of levels, all punctuated by boss encounters that starts off quite linear, but the more you play, the more routes and game mechanics will open up to you. In Dead Cells, you fight your way through an ever-changing labyrinth of levels with branching paths. You might not be able to... So, <laughs> again, I guess now I'm starting to lose a little bit of steam on the whole similar words. I mean, labyrinth, it's kind of an uncommon word when you describe a game like this, but okay... You've got two intellectuals. Okay, we'll just argue that labyrinth was a great, great word. All right, here's the next one. Able to make it to the final boss on your current run, but if you can manage to salvage some blueprints for some new gear, or better yet, an ability-altering rune, it makes it all worth your while, even if you can see your death just around the corner. This is the type of roguelike that, yeah, sure, you could beat the boss on your first attempt, but you're probably not going to and you're not supposed to. Let's stop there. Let's see what Philip has to say next. You're almost guaranteed not to make it all the way through on every run, but as your efforts lead you to blueprints that unlock new gear, it makes it all worth your while. Okay. Switch over to me. In most games of this genre, your coolest skills and spells are often set to strictly long recharge timers or a limited mana system. But in Dead Cells, your abilities have incredibly quick recharges and allow you to seamlessly integrate these gadgets into normal encounters, and it doesn't make you feel penalized for using your cool stuff. So real quick, I wanted to pause it before we got to uh, Philip's part, because if you read that first part, the whole point of this is that, and, and if you watch this, the video's markers are both about four minutes long, and they're both about the same, like everything's almost the exact same second counter. I mean, there's like like 15, 20 seconds off sometimes, but like it's just, they've, they have the exact same flow of everything. Like that that's where you start to see the bigger picture as you start to get more and more into this. Most games limit your most useful skills with long cooldown timers or a limited mana system, but Dead Cells encourages you to use your deadliest gadgets with a fast recharge timer. It never punishes you for using your best tactics. So like right there, it, it straight up is just lifting lines in the exact same part of the video after talking about the previous part. It just talks about how, you know, because and that's something I would say is out of the norm. Like that isn't something the everyday reviewer is going to pick out of a review is that because you don't have a mana bar, it wants to use your best abilities. And like, th that's not something that everyone's going to talk about. And, and it's just such a coincidence, quote unquote, that this happened. All right, going on to the next one. 
Okay, this is one of my favorites here, this part. This is my favorite too. This combat system is fast, fluid, responsive, and one of the most rewarding representations of 2D combat of the entire genre. Fights are fast, fluid, responsive, and hands down one of the most gratifying representations of video game combat I've ever experienced. <laughs> he used the same three words in a row. Fast, fluid, responsive. Come on, man. Come on, man. This is like it's almost like he was trying the first half of the video to not steal all of it. And then he looked up at the clock and was like, oh snap, I gotta get this review done in like a half hour. <laughs> and so it's like, let's just let's speed it up, baby. So it's starting to get a little fishy, huh? Also in place is a mutation system that has you pick from various buffs that can enhance and alter your abilities, but system which adds another layer of diversity to how you can play this is where you can choose from various buffs that enhance and alter your abilities all right stellar writing philip dead cells only <laughs> falter slight that time he actually readjusted the sentence <laughs> instead of saying that the buffs and stuff from the first half and then going into him then uh philip went and put it at the back end so that was that was good at least he's rearranging the sentences when he's stealing content with some repetition setting in, especially on the early areas and during longer play sessions. Dead Cells does falter slightly with some repetition, but it's only felt in its earlier areas and during the extended play sessions. The enemy- He <laughs> copies play sessions. Oh my god. The designs here are interesting and fun to fight, but in the first level alone, you'll probably have killed the same enemy about 50 times already, and that same enemy will be used throughout various levels. While early level enemies are a good introduction and make for fun and interesting fights early on, you can only kill so many zombies before it starts feeling a little stale. The game does, however, encourage you to rush through repeat areas by having time gates that lock after a certain amount of time has passed, and if you're playing like a speedrunner, you'll be rewarded and this helps alleviate some of that repetition I mentioned. Speedrunning is not only encouraged, but it's embedded as its own game mechanic. Almost every level has a door. Now one thing, if, if you noticed, it was very subtle, but if you notice it, they showed the exact same, and I understand that, uh, that like, that's part of the mechanic of these time-locking doors. They showed, like, the exact same door <laughs> when <laughs> they talked about the every level running. has a door that will unlock after a certain amount of time elapses. All right, and last but not least, we have my absolute favorite, Here we go, the big starts one. at 3.07 on... And check it out. So it starts at 3.07 on his video and almost exactly at 3.07 on the other video. This is absolutely mental. On both videos, exactly. <laughs> Dead Cells figures out an intriguing way to have your roguelite and metroidvania experience all in one by focusing on your failures and urging you to try something new the next time. Dead Cells strikes a perfect and engaging balance between the metroidvania and roguelite experiences by focusing on your failures and urging you to experiment each time you do fail. So I <laughs> it's, the, it's the same thing. Like, are you kidding me, dude? I, this is what frustrates me a lot about this. So that's pretty much it uh, as far as that goes. So let's close that out. Um, and so that's pretty much it as far as the comparison videos go. And so I'm incredibly frustrated by this. One, because you've got somebody who works and gets paid by IGN. Like, this is his job, right? You know, this is a job a lot of us would kill for. You know, I have a full-time job that I do besides this. I like to do game reviews, and I like to do these um, chat sessions with you. I do this all my time off. I work hard to try to do this and, and, and make cool videos, entertaining videos for people. I try to do that, but it's all my own time. This guy gets paid to do it. And he still plagiarizes and cheats and rips things off. Like if I cut corners, like in a YouTube video, when I put in the description, just like the Wikipedia entry for IGN, like that is me being like, I don't want to say lazy, but that's me cutting corners, right? Well, this is my free time, you know, like I'm, I am trying to cut corners, man, because I'm trying to deliver some entertaining content on my time. You know, this guy's getting paid to do this, you know, I, it's just, uh, 
oh, it's just so infuriating to me. And, uh, and now, the, the bigger picture, and there's a couple more things to talk about. The, the bigger picture is that this is not supported by IGN. Okay, so obviously this was, someone made this video for them. In fact, there's irrefutable proof here on Twitter. Philip is very proud. Finishing up my Dead Cells review this weekend, it's the first IGN video review I've edited myself. <laughs> I can't wait to share it with you all. If you still haven't seen Dead Cells in action, check out the first 21 minutes on Nintendo Switch. And I just feel like, man, he put all of his weight behind this one, right? He was like, man, I'm so excited. Everybody, this is the first one I've ever done by myself. And coincidentally, it's the first one that you ever ripped off from... It's the first one you've ever ripped off from... Uh, whoops, I screwed that up. Look, here, now, now let's go to it. It's the first one uh, that you've ever ripped off from somebody, and it's the first one you did on your own. Coincidence? Uh, I doubt it. But here we go. Here's that tweet I was showing you. Finishing up my Dead Cells review this weekend is the first IGN video review I've edited myself. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so, you know... Um, I just, I don't know what else there is to say about this, man. Like, IGN's a big company. You can't do this. You can't get away with it either. And if we've found now, you cannot get away with this. And you will not get away with it. So, uh, scrolling down here a little bit, though, you know, after the review came out, people were having a nice little chat about it. And then once this news started coming out, uh-oh, we've got a whole bunch of, you know, people's... Uh, speaking in gifts here about uh like oh oh it's funny now and then boomstick gaming he, he he slides into his twitter just two hours ago no hate man but i wish i was cited collaborated with or even compensated in some way for the healthy views your site saw in this dead cell review which obviously it's a very hot game so that ign is making a ton of money off of this guy's content you know, and that's, that's a legit thing. Uh, and then, uh, so then they shared some of the videos where, uh, you know, the video I just showed to you, uh, obviously one of my favorite memes of all time. <laughs> I made this, you made this, I made this. I love that. It's my favorite meme. One of my favorite memes of all time. Uh, and yeah, you know, so there's that, uh, we have a little bit of an update too. So, uh, IGN has pulled the review. So this was actually yesterday morning, uh, around 11 o'clock central, nine, uh, nine Pacific deadly cell dead cells review removed, uh, IGN staff editors note as a group of writers and creators who value our own work and that of others in our field, the editorial staff of IGN takes plagiarism very seriously in light of concerns that have been raised about our dead cells review. We've removed it for the time being in our investigating. I cannot believe that they will not come to an understanding when they see these two videos side by side. And they should. And I hate to say it because I'm not a I'm not a proponent of like people losing their job and of like firing people and, and, and putting people out, you know, but this this guy did something really wrong. And if there's room to train somebody like this to teach them to be better, I'm OK with that. But there needs to be some real work done here. And IGN clearly needs to have some sort of like editor who's going through these things. And they're obviously our policies in place. This is the only thing I'll give Philip. There's clearly some policies in place that made him feel like this was his only option. Cause I, I truly believe that people, when given the opportunity, they want to make their own content. They want to make the best content they can make. Clearly something's going on where there was some, maybe he only got the game four days ago and he had to have the review up. You know, like who knows what the circumstances were? Does it make it right? Absolutely not. But it does kind of give you a little bit of an understanding maybe of why he'd be doing this you know and uh but anyway it's not good it's not good at all 
it's a terrible look too for IGN. Like it's all over the place. Even Forbes covered it on like, like major websites are picking this all up. IGN's pulled it. I'm sure they're going to find it was definitely plagiarized. And I wouldn't be surprised if they remove him, which is really unfortunate too. Cause he's, you know, Philip kind of, and not to feel like, not to like sound like a jealous fanboy, but like Philip was kind of like living the dream, you know, he's, he's doing, he'd want to get hired by a big company to do this stuff for a living. And he might lose that dream for making a stupid mistake. And, um, now if, and unfortunately, like he said himself, this is the first review he's done like all on his own, but now all, everything else he's ever done is going to come into question. And it's really hard to bring something back that like, especially when you're somebody like that back, especially when you're in the public eye with something like this. It's not like if you go, you can say, oh yeah, I worked for IGN for a year. I was their head of Nintendo. Oh really? Why'd you leave? Uh, well, I got terminated because I was stealing other people's work and passing it off as my own. I mean, that's, you're not going to get hired anywhere based on that. So maybe he's still got his own YouTube channel to, uh, to back off on. But anyway, um, Boomstick Gaming did an awesome review. Uh, it really covered the game, did well. Uh, check out his channel, subscribe to him. I love when, the same thing happened with Suggestive Gaming. They got a huge push in subs once awareness was brought to the issue because it's good content and, it, and as it should be here too. Boomstick, you do great work, man. Keep up the good work. Uh, I should say uh, I have only really watched this video, but I'll watch more now. <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'll check out some more of your stuff. I shouldn't say that in case like all your other videos are like, you know, um, I don't know, hurting kittens or something. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm assuming based off of this, that your other content is gaming related and appropriate. So, um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that's all I really had to say about IGN and their copying of another YouTuber boomstick gaming's content. And then secondly, and lastly, now this one, this is a weird one. Um, because this is a follow-up to a video I did back in uh, last year. So I want to do a quick recap of that video. And then uh, we're going to go over the update here. So the, uh, the, and this was even before I was doing videos. That's how long ago this was. It was just when I was doing podcasts and I had audio only on our YouTube page. So this, the original story was that the, this, the, the, there was a Kickstarter done for a game called Project Phoenix. And Project Phoenix was like this, it was like the largest um, Japanese game that was being Kickstarted at the time. So like it was a really big deal. Um, people were saying that, you know, Japan's finally getting on the Kickstarter thing. We're going to have all these people from, you know, old companies we used to watch and, and, and it was going to be like a tactical turn-based RPG or something like, like it was, it was, it was all looking up. Right. And it raised a million dollars on Kickstarter. I mean, that was that was huge at the time. Obviously, games since then have surpassed it, but it was huge. But this really weird story came out where an individual went onto their Kickstarter page and onto their Facebook page who had made some pretty um, slanderous claims. And that person basically came out and said that uh, that the 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 head of Project uh, the Project Phoenix, the company that was doing it, the head of that company had taken all that money and reverted it and, and, or diverted it, I should say to, uh, to another project called tiny metal. So they had basically started a Kickstarter for a game. They made a demo just to like, and he was making claims. This, uh, this person was, uh, Tariq, uh, Hussein, I think his last name, Tariq, we'll just call him Tariq going forward. So Tariq had come on there and said, you know, this whole project was a sham. I was, uh, I was told to, you know, keep people happy by doing an update every week, make it look like progress is going. And we were going to take all the money and funnel it to another company, make a different game. And, you know, so that was a pretty big story at the time. Like, like Kickstarter has always had a few of these horror stories where games are coming out, but 
someone from the beginning doing a, a an on-purpose ripoff of a, of a Kickstarter that had not really been done before. And so the, uh, <laughs> the, the story I ran was about that. And, and we talked about how, you know, this is really bad. And Project Phoenix, like, we can't dodge the fact that Project Phoenix is not ever coming out. Like that game, that million dollars is still sunk. And even though the, the, the head of that still is saying that, you know, he's looking for outside funding, he's looking for investment so they can keep the game going, that game's most likely dead. We, we just have to, you know, I think we have to, to phone that one in um, and, and say that it's dead. However, this tiny metal, this is a game that was by a totally different company, but it was a company that was started by the same person that started the company that did the Kickstarter for Project Phoenix. So you're seeing how it does all connect and everything, right? So as everything was going on, we reported on that. But during that same time, the company had, uh, had, had a little bit of backlash. So the Project Phoenix, the company that uh, did the Kickstarter for that, and I, I'm spacing on the name of that for some reason i had it here but we'll uh let's see it was uh, aguchi um so aguchi uh is the one who and then was like is he the one i think i don't know they got all these names like so i'm looking through some japanese these are japanese court documents okay so that you have to like give me a little bit of a okay here it was yura so yura was the guy who uh, was in charge of the company um and the user, Heisai29, is who is known as, uh, who we now know as Tariq. So, basically, after, though, he had made these bold claims about how Project uh, Phoenix was a ripoff, all your money was diverted to a different project, the company actually came back and made um, comments about how this person was terminated years before, or a month before, excuse me, this person was terminated months before, and this was their way of, of trying to hurt the company was by spreading lies and falsehoods. In fact, they even accused Tariq of having to be removed for harassing employees, uh, sexual harassment issues, and also not paying back a loan for, uh, for like a lease on a place to live while that person worked on the project. And it's like, okay, I mean, so he, so here were my, and I listened to my, my video again, <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to say this, but I, what I said at the end was pretty harsh. I said, I believe that both parties are pieces of crap. I said, I think that the tiny metal developers probably stole money from Project Phoenix and a disgruntled employee who was probably fired because he was sexually harassing people decided to blow the lid on it and to reveal it all to the public. So I was under my take on the whole thing was that both companies were piles of crap. <laughs> so that, that was like my ending statement, not very looking back, not great. So anyway, that was the old story moving forward. I get an email, you know, let me, let me bring it up here. I get an email from, I get an email from Jason Napolitano. Uh, he's with uh, Scarlet Moon Productions, so he's the guy in, heart, uh, in charge of uh, Tiny Metal. And he sent out a press release uh, because apparently they couldn't talk about anything that happened over the last year as it was still in court. So he sent me this email. Hello, this is Jason Napolitano with the Scarlet Moon Productions. You've probably seen our Tiny Metal press releases sent on behalf of the team of Area 35 over the course of the past year. I did not because I'm not a part of their press release, but, uh, and I wanted to connect as you have some, as we have some news regarding the funding controversy that was stirred up by a former employee of area 35. You've covered the controversy at the time. So I thought you might be interested in knowing that the issue was recently resolved in mediation court in Japan, whereby the former employee retracted his claims that the tiny metal team used money from the project Phoenix Kickstarter campaign to fund the game's development. Here's a link to the apology on Facebook. 
uh, yeah. And so then he said, I can't, I scanned a copy of the mediation documents in Japanese and have an accompanying translation document. If you want to dig through the details, please let me know if you have any questions. And we went back and forth a little bit and I was like, Hey man, yeah, I'll do a follow up." And I'm not always the first to admit if I make a mistake, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, up to, first of all, I love updating stories and I love getting to the truth. And if I have a bad take, I'll fix my view on that. So we have then, these are the mediation records that have been uh, translated. So this is pretty boring stuff. We show some court documents on here from time to time, right? This isn't, uh, this isn't, uh, let's see here. Oh, I did it again where I, uh, where I didn't flip over. Okay. So, um, and then here was that email I was talking about. This so everybody can see that. I got an email from Jason Napolitano. So here we have, um, Let's see. Here we have mediation records, kind of translated to English. So we have the mediation record. The case is Heisai, 30th year. Uh, I don't understand. Like, they're basically, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're talking about, this is just your, your header, right? Uh, so in Tokyo Court Civic Affairs, Section 6 Arrangement Room. Here were the people. So the judge was uh, Yamamoto Tetsuichi. Uh, the Civil Arbitration Commission was Atsuko Furukawa. Okay, so these are the people involved. And it says the involved party, Soturo Fukumoto, was the legal representative. Uh, the counterparty is Lacey Tariq Hussein. So Lacey Tariq, this is who, um, this is uh, this is who the uh, defendant would be. So the person who did the wrong, I guess you would say. So it says procedure details: conciliation was reached. Uh, so and they had an arbitration clause, so they worked everything out before coming to court. Uh, since the purpose of the complaint and the main points of the dispute are described in the mediation petition, it will be quoted below. So then they start talking about uh, this was a, an apology statement publication and a request for mediation. The involved parties were Area 35, which we know is the company, uh, the director, who is Yura, the petitioner, who is Aguchi, and, uh, and then the counterparty, who is Lacey Tariq Hussein. So we're going to kind of scroll through this, but and we're not going to go too too deep into this because it's really like it's a really boring stuff. But here are some of the things. The counterparty admits that the post slash article slash comment written on the 20th of November 2017 on the Project Phoenix Facebook page managed by the company is contrary to the truth and to apologize to the complaining company. As a concrete form of apology, the counterparty is to publicly post sentences as written on pages five and six of this document on his personal Facebook page. The complainant company has confirmed this. So basically they said part of the lawsuit is you have to apologize and they agreed to it. The counterparty is to notify to the complainant company uh, of his apology statement of which the contents being uh, stated in the preceding paragraph and to maintain its position at the top of the Facebook page for the first two months after publication and to not intentionally make it difficult to see browse to said page for a period of one year after initial publication. So they're saying you can't bury it either. So one, it has to be on the top of the page for two months and then you can't bury it for a whole year after that. You have to leave it up. Uh, the counterparty acknowledges that the petitioner Aguchi is due the payment of 410,000 yen due to Aguchi having signed a guarantor agreement with uh, with Tariq, this uh, payment will be paid into account number yada yada Mitsubishi Bank by the 30th of June, and the counterparty will be liable for any fees within. The counterparty is to implement measures to make sure that the petitioner Aguchi will not be liable for any further damages or rent for the recorded building in question. So uh, let's see. The complainant company acknowledges its obligation to pay Mr. Tariq 600000 as part of its previous contractual agreement with him. So now we're starting to get to why this is all happening. Uh, when the counterparty pays the amount set in forth in paragraph four, the complainant company will notify the other party within one month from that day the amount agreed upon from the 600,000 yen in the previous paragraph will be deducted and so on. 
let's see. The complainants to the counterparty mutually confirm that there are no other obligations related to this matter, in addition to those specified in this mediation clause between the t petitioners and the counterparty. So, what this is saying, let's let me break this down for you, is Lacey, Tariq, felt that they were owed 600,000 yen. That was what was uh, they felt they were owed. It might also explain why if they felt they were owed that money in back pay or something, why they said those nasty things about why they were maybe trying to, you know, say negative things about the company and that why they did it. Does it make it right? Again, no, but that's why they were doing it. And apparently, though, part of that agreement was he'll get his 600,000 yen. But Iguchi, who had loaned him money of about 410000 for a, a renting a place to live, he's going to get his money back. So really, you're looking at 190,000 yen left over when this is all said and done. And then the public apology. So this actually seems like a pretty reasonable kind of compromise. So the guy, I don't think, is going to get in any trouble. But he has to do a public apology. He's going to get his back pay, but has to pay the person he owed the money to for the place to live. So it almost kind of all balances out, as crazy as that sounds. Um like I said, they, they mutually confirm there's no other obligations related to this matter. And then we're going to talk about the apology. So this this is the formal apology letter that was written by Lacey. Uh, it has to be put on the Facebook page and left up uh, on social media and left up for a long time. On November 20th, 2017, I posted the entry comments to the Area 35 Coal LTD, uh, the representative director, Yura, operated Facebook page entitled Project Phoenix at a point in time after my own departure from the same company. In regard to this entry, and with the exception of the fact that I was employed by the company until two months prior to the posting, I now admit that everything it stated was contrary to the truth, and I offer a deep and profound apology to Area 35. Furthermore, I also apologize for significant damage caused to Area 35 and damage caused to the good name and reputation of Mr. Yura Hiroki. Due to such occurrences as the falsehoods that I posted being picked up and reported by media organizations within the United States of America. Hey, they're talking about me. Uh, I am fully aware that my actions also relate to the trust placed in the video game industry and that they must have been very shocking for everyone involved in said industry. Please allow me to again, please allow me to apologize again for my actions. And, uh, and that's it. So this was done in mediation. So this is a, an interesting follow up to that story I did almost a year ago, uh, about eight months ago. I did that story and I, so here's my final thoughts on it then. So one, my quote unquote hot take was pretty, was pretty rough when I listened to it last year, it stated pretty confidently that, uh, I thought that the money had been stolen from project Phoenix and put into, uh, the tiny metal. I can't necessarily say I believe that anymore. Um, especially now with the, the complete apology, but it still doesn't stop the fact that Project Phoenix is a dead project that lost a million dollars of other people's money. So it's still not a win for anybody, really. But I don't believe necessarily that the company started that Kickstarter in order to fund a different game. I believe their intention was good to release that game as it should have been. And obviously, development costs got high. Uh, clearly, money was mismanaged. There were issues. And that project was never able to come out. They were unable to secure funding that would allow the project to come out. So then they started a new company, moved on. New company is has a game that's going to be successful, and it's coming out. So hopefully maybe they can use money from that game to finish the other one so they can honor their Kickstart backers, but it probably won't. Uh, they say that they're still looking for 
money to finish that Kickstarter. So they, they apparently haven't killed it, but there's no work being done on it currently. And so I was wrong to say that I think they, that, that both places were pieces of crap. Um, but clearly this was a disgruntled employee who wanted back pay, who hadn't gotten that back pay for whatever reason. Now he's gotten the back pay. He's got to pay the person who rented the apartment. Everyone seems to be happy and fine. The apologies out there, they can move on with their lives. So I'm happy that there's an update to this. It's essentially a positive story. We find out that the guy who made that crazy Facebook post said he was lying the whole time. Um, was he kind of forced to say that? Otherwise had to maybe get sued? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, who cares? He said it. He's happy with the deal. He gets his back pay. He pays off. He makes an apology. Everyone goes home happy. Well, maybe not everybody, <laughs> but some people are going to go home happy. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of it for our topics for today. Uh, but of course, we're going to talk about our game of the week. Oh, game of the week. You know, I really, really got to start picking these ahead of time. I'm getting really, really bad about that. Um, let's talk about... Let's talk about, oh man, I feel like as I'm flipping through here, I've already, I'm I'm trying to find ones I haven't talked about. Um, Let's talk about, let's go a little, let's go a little off the rails today. Let's go a little off the rails today. Let's talk about an Xbox game called PsyOps. So PsyOps is a, uh, like a third person action shooter. You wouldn't think much of it. You wouldn't think it's very special. It probably isn't very special. I just have very fond memories of it. And uh, you play as like a soldier, third person shooter, cover mechanics, but you also have like mental abilities. So you have like, you know, pyrokinesis, telekinesis, uh, remote viewing, mind drain. So, uh, oh, and it features cold with my mind music video. Oh man, cold with my mind music video. Um, but anyway, it's a really fun game. Try it out if you get a chance on regular Xbox. It's not very expensive. It's like a 7 or $8 game. But uh, it was fun. It was just a kind of a shooter. I have really fond memories of it. Like, I took my Xbox in this game up north camping one time, and I just remember playing through it and having a blast with it. Uh, and it came out, I don't know, in like 2003 or something. Uh, it's been out for a while. But yeah, I don't know. You know, if you're into that style of game, like an action game, a third-person shooter, it, it, it held up. Um, published by the now defunct Midway, and created by AI Implant. I don't think I've ever heard of that studio before, but, you know, who knows? Uh, however, PsyOps for original Xbox, check it out. It's uh, it's not terrible. Um, and as always, everybody, thank you for listening and watching. I know the last couple of weeks it's been a little bit shorter uh, than normal I like to do on the podcast. And it's one, it's got a little bit to do with the news stories, but it's also to do, it's got a lot of personal stuff going on. And so I've been trying to... Uh, still do this every week and I want to be consistent with the show, but I also obviously have um, real life obligations and stuff and work's been really, really crazy. I've got a guy going on vacation and some people taking weekends off for conventions and stuff. So it's just been putting a lot of time in. And so the, unfortunately when I have to work more at my actual job, then it's a little bit harder to do this, but I, I know it's a short and sweet one, obviously only about, you know, 35, 40 minutes this week, but I do always appreciate you listening and watching. Um, if you're listening to this on iTunes, if you can go to YouTube and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. Go to youtube.com slash the drop rate. We're, uh, we just broke 2,700 subs. We're almost up to 3000. Um, just really excited and proud of that, you know, and, and, um, just trying to keep it going keep that momentum. And, uh, and if you are watching this on YouTube by some crazy chance and you'd prefer it in podcast form in one unedited show, check it out. Uh, you can go to, uh, iTunes and search for game talk radio. That's uh, what the podcast is under. So as always, I appreciate everybody for watching. I appreciate everybody for listening. I hope you all have a great week. We will talk to you next week. Probably. 
<laughs> so uh, next week I am working even more than I am this week and than I did last week. So uh, I believe I am... No, actually, you know what? Next Tuesday, you will not get a video unless I'm somehow able to do it Monday night because I actually have to work next Tuesday. So hopefully Monday night, I'll just crank something out for you guys. I'll at least shoot you a message and be like, hey, everybody, no podcast this week. Sorry, bye. Um, but I'll try to get some stuff out. But uh, next week's going to be really kind of crappy <laughs> work schedule wise. So again, appreciate everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Uh, hopefully, if not, we'll see you in a couple weeks. We'll see you later. Have a good one. Bye bye.